What's up, y'all? Welcome to Eddie and Mike, the podcast. My name is Mike. I'm here with my guy. Eddie P, what it is. What it is, what it is. And um, happy holidays. I guess we can start saying that now. Um, Thanksgiving is exactly one week from today of the recording. So, um, yeah. If you listen to it before Thanksgiving, happy Thanksgiving. We probably put out another episode before Thanksgiving. But um, anyway, what's up, Abby? How you doing, man? Uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. This weather's kind of crazy, but right. uh, I'm just blown by this this first topic we're going to get into. I mean, because it, it just happened, you know, it like it ju- at least for me, it just happened. I don't know when this really happened. Right. Um, Zach Stacy. I'm pretty sure by now a lot of you have at least heard of the story or seen the video and um, disturbing this saying the least you could say about it. Cowardice is probably another word. Um, just gump, bama, excuse my French. That was a bitch move. <laughs> like, I, I, don't, I don't understand what what a woman can do to make a man snap like that to the point where it was a beat down. Like, it was a straight-up beat down. He didn't hit her um, out of anger or frustration. He knew what he was doing. Like, he, there's no excuse for him. Putting him under the jail like Devontae Adams tweeted out. Believe me, men are not happy about this. Like, every every tweet I've seen, every comment, Everybody, every person I can talk to about it, they are not happy with the way um, what, what he did to that woman in that video. And then when you throw in the fact that it was in front of the child, and if I'm not mistaken, as he was leaving the um, place, he told the child he loved him or loved him or something like that. And I'm like, the audacity. I mean, thank God, you know, like... <laughs> Totally saved himself there, because if he didn't tell the child he loved him, then he'd be a real asshole. You know what I mean? Like, we dodged the bullet, guys. Thank God. Um, Yeah, you know, I've always wondered whatever happened to this guy. He was such a flash in the pan. Those you don't remember, Zach Stacy is that very oddly shaped. And this is coming from me. I'm very heavy on top, skinny legs. Zach Stacy is a. very uniquely shaped individual. He has no neck. His head is gigantic. You thought Ryan Fitzpatrick's helmet looked big. This guy's helmet is twice that. So, yeah, coming out of Vanderbilt, plays for the Rams, has a quick little cup of coffee with the New York Jets, out of football for a while. And uh, last I heard, he he was actually – I think he was on the NFL Network talking about uh, contemplating retirement and then, oh, yeah, I'm going to make a comeback. Um, I, I don't know if this was preparation for, no, I'm I'm not going to make jokes. I'm sorry. That's just not appropriate. So fuck Zach Stacy. You know, I'm so, for those of you, for all, for all of our listeners, if your children listen to this, I'm sorry, but I would think this would be those like once in a blue moon times where it's okay. You can explain it to your kids if you feel comfortable doing that. Yeah. He beat the brakes off that woman and then he came back for more. He body slammed her into a TV, body slammed him on, uh, what, what do you call those, a uh, bouncy, whatever. Yeah, a little stroller, I mean, a stroller walker. Yeah, just let this woman have it. He was swinging haymakers in the beginning. And like you said, the child's on the couch. It, it just, 
it blows my mind how stupid and arrogant these guys are. I, look, we've all been angry, but bro, like, I I don't know what to even say because there's really nothing that needs to be said. If you haven't seen the video, it's out there. I proceed with caution. Be my best uh, advice. It just I I don't know that anything could be done to this man that would be enough for me. And and I'm not like a malicious person. At least I don't I don't think I am. But you see the video, and I would bet damn near everything I got, you'll feel the same way I do. Um, that, that, that's enough. I don't, I don't need to say anything more on this. Right. I was about to say the same thing. Like, it happened, like, right before the – well, I found out about a good hour or two before the show recording. And, yeah, same. I just felt like it had to be a stress because it was such a bad thing to do. And if you're in that situation – treat this as a warning like nah that's not it i don't know what nobody knows what the lady could have done no one cares <laughs> like i'm, yeah, I'm kind of against balance i'm kind of against balance in general myself i mean sometimes you got to throw fisticuffs or whatever if the moment gets too heated especially um, between family or friends or whatever or if it's strangers you got to defend yourself but other than that like for extended beefs, like talk that stuff out. Um, but whatever she did, I'm pretty sure, like even if she cheated on him with her with his brother or something, or she, like it's nothing she could have done. Sort of try to kill somebody, <laughs> like it's nothing she could have done to get that type of treatment, and then to she do it in front of the child. Every position, in 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 every situation in which he put his hands on her. Every time, every every time he swung everything, she was in a completely defenseless position. I think the first time she was like bending over to pick something up, like, like it just trash. We can't. You can say, "Oh, he may be struggling with depression, have a mental illness, or whatever, bruh." Like I'm not going to sit here and say, "So what?" But. Come on, he's not the only person. I'm dealing with the pressure right now. Um, it's nothing my wife can do to make me want to throw her into the TV and then go back at her and suplex her into a, a stroke, I mean, a walker. Like, come on now. <laughs> like, what the heck? I'm, I'm going to talk that thing out. Like, we got to figure out what's going on. We got to get down to the bottom of this. I'm not going to make the situation worse by physically abusing her. We already in a jacked up place. Why would I make things worse by becoming physical? That's just dumb. We talking that out. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so sorry to start off with such a downer situation. And usually this team will bring us even further now. But um, surprisingly on Sunday, watching the football team, they took out the reigning champs and – I can't even, like, make light of the game itself. The game itself, they dominated. Like, they easily could have won by more than what they won by, but they got a nice, comfortable 10-point victory over them Bamas. Yeah, and, and to be pretty much in control of the game from start to finish. Now, you could say that the, the first uh, interception was a little bit fluky. I won't disagree with you. But, you know, sometimes it's kind of like, 
you know, when, when the alley-oop comes your way, doesn't matter. Like you got to slam it home. Like in the end, it, like that's not, the defense isn't going to complain that they got the ball handed to them. Like they made the pick, they made the play. And I thought as a whole, the defense played pretty solid. Like they didn't play spectacular, but there wasn't, you know, you know, there's always those moments as a, as a Washington football team fan. And it sucks that so many of us, especially the diehards have come to this where you keep thinking, this is it. This is, this is where they, this is where they screw it up or this is where something bad happens or whatever. And to a degree, Chase Young getting hurt, that was a something bad. But what I mean is like the, the, the game just getting out of hand, like all of a sudden the other team just like can't be touched. Right. That didn't happen. They kept playing. They made plays. They finished drives. Especially, I mean, we're you know who hasn't talked about that last drive to seal the victory? But right. just as a whole, converting third downs, making plays. You saw Adam Humphreys. Holy cow! Where's that yeah, guy? That was a clutch third down conversion lead in the fourth. Indeed, and that and that's what gets you so excited. And this team just—it's so so weird. It's such a uh, 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 I don't even know what to call it. I don't even know what the word, appropriate word would be. So, but they so, do this. Go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. All I was going to say is they, they, they do this. They, they play terrible and things look like, like, they, like some of these guys, like they have no clue where they even are. And then they have a game like that where, again, they didn't set the world on fire. Mm-hmm. But they showed that, like, hey, if you guys just kind of like just do your job, you know what I mean? Nothing fancy. And look at what can happen. You know what I mean? Right. And <laughs> like <laughs> Crazy. There's a couple of things I want to say before I say what I really want to say. Um, the game itself, it started off with the two turnovers, and I'm like, all right, I'm feeling it, I'm getting a little into it. Um, Wayne scored, I think we scored a touchdown to field goal off of it, or maybe we punted and then scored a touchdown. I'm not sure. Nevertheless, we were we were up 13 nothing at one point. So I'm feeling it, but like you said, we're waiting to see what's going to happen, what's going to happen, how we're going to blow it. I'm even tweeting and posting on Facebook like, um, I'm I'm even posting on Facebook like, what's going on, like how we're going to blow this. And I mean, like you said, start to finish. They probably, they they not probably they they got them up out of there. And I want to credit Heineke for playing a smart game. Sure, he got lucky a couple of times with the interceptions, but um, that's the reason I still want him on the team. Now, I don't know what the plan is for next season, but if they go into the season like, yeah, we're going to roll with Haneke one more year until we develop this um, rookie quarterback, it's not the worst situation we've been in. Like, we entered the year, we went, we entered the year with, um, <laughs> with, with John Beck and Rex Grossman as our um, quarterbacks. Like, we've been in worse situations. And I know Grossman was the Super Bowl starting quarterback, but come on. Anyway, so that's one thing. The defense is playing better. Landon Collins just needs to accept the fact that he's a linebacker now. (laughs) He probably won't be here on the team next year, but wherever he goes, he has to accept the fact that he's a linebacker because ever since the move, he's played better. The defense has looked better. Shout out to Cam Curl. He was on fire in that game. And I feel like not enough people's talking about that. Well, I think everybody's just so surprised because they're like, uh, oh, yeah, right. He's still with the team. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, it sucks, that, but that's just what it's come to. 
they, you know, we're so used to like, who's going to get burnt this time or, you know, whatever it, trust me, it's not a feeling I want, not a feeling I enjoy, but no. uh, it oh, was two school goals that they started the game off with okay. and Andre Carter caught that touchdown. Okay. I gotta, I gotta give some roses to DeAndre Carter, man. Like, I told you. When, when we had him there, I was just like, huh, that's, that's uh, I'm a little curious about that because I always knew him as the return guy playing for Houston. I didn't know, you know, how much receiving he actually you know did. Man, man. I really right? And I know he's got speed, but we already had Humphreys. And, you know, we were drafting some of these other – Terry, some of these other guys that have return ability. Now, obviously, we're not going to let Terry do it. We want to keep him fresh for offense. But, man, he's really started to kind of come along as – a weapon offensively, especially in the absence of uh, Curtis Samuel, who played like what 20 snaps for us total. Um, and with some other guys banged up, yeah, he stepped up. So definitely, definitely kudos to him. But uh, yeah, we controlled that game, man. And it was just extremely refreshing to see. Speaking of Curtis Samuel, real quick, two things. Yep. And it's about the free agent signings, um, two free agent signings, ironically. Um, he's still banged up. He hasn't played like everybody thinks he's done for the year. Like he's not coming back. There's no reason to bring him back. I don't know why he didn't get the surgery in the off season. Steve Smith said on 106 7 the fan when we signed him, we signed him when he was injured. Um, yeah, the whole situation is just a mess. So I'm just ready to accept him as a wash um, unless the team suddenly becomes competitive. Um, it is what it is with Samuel. But William Jackson the third, trash. Like straight up trash, man. Um, he got that first pick. And then look what he did at the end of the uh, second half. Like he the game the half was over and he just grabbing Mike Mike Evans face mask like dude, like Mike he, has, he has those brain farts, young and nah. Like nah. It, I wouldn't say he's been Adam Archuleta bad like I did on Sunday, but I will say, like, I'm disappointed in the signing. The Bengals fans were right. Like, he is not as all as he cracked up to be, and maybe it's because it's his first year in the new system, but whatever. And that leads me to this point overall, since I'm already down in <laughs> the team. I'm going to just say it, like, this means nothing to me right now. The win against the Bucks means like absolutely nothing. I couldn't care less about winning on Sunday because it can all disappear with a loss to the Panthers on um, this upcoming Sunday. Like I, I need to see the momentum. Like you want me to get serious, beat the brakes off of the Panthers and the Seahawks over the next two weeks. You you like um like uh, um Rivera said. You beat Goliath. You already took out the defending champs. So why not go to North Carolina and kick the Panthers' teeth in and then bring the Seahawks back to FedEx Field on Monday night and beat the brakes off of them in front of everybody? And now yeah, we, the then we're talking. Great either. Right. Then we're talking. If they can win these next two games, then I'll get excited. But until now, we've seen this before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, come That's on, what I was it's not at. stupid. We saved That's what I was before, man. Yeah. It, 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 my, my sentiments exactly. So, 
I, I agree. It's it, it's frustrating because <laughs> we we ended up probably going back down a spot or two in terms of our potential draft spot, right? And don't get me wrong, I want the team to win, but in in this scenario, what, what do we, I mean? I suppose there's still a chance. You know, they're saying there's a chance. Um, yeah, but hey, Cam is back, or is he? You know, I think some people think Cam's about to run all over us. And the problem is that could absolutely be true with the big Super Bowl we just had beating the champs. And we might come back down to earth because I'm telling you right now, if we make Cam throw against us, we'll win. And they're saying he's the starter. I mean, that what, uh, what, he that is starting four yards he threw. He's is, starting is, is, Sunday. Is, that's that's the word on the street. Wow. Here to the street, streets is talking. You know me. So I I don't know. Um I need to I need to see it for myself. I need to see the defense uh Washington actually stop count before I even um entertain that thought. Also, um Heineke the Bucks aren't the Bucks are not the Panthers' defense. I think the Panthers got the number one defense right now in the league. So Heineke will not look as well as he did against the um, against the Bucks on Sunday. Also, just like I said last week, uh, against with the Bucks and their revenge for Heineke. If you remember. Heineke came in against the Panthers and was kind of lighting them up last season uh, in the fourth quarter, in the third quarter, in the fourth quarter. Almost brought the team back, to be honest with you. So uh, maybe some of them got bad, some of those events in the back of their mind. But um, I guess we'll save it for the pick and show. I don't know which way I'm going to go anyway. Uh, yeah. Logically, so- logically, I think the Washington can win, but – Historically, why should I pick him? Yeah, I, I don't really think Cam is back. I think that was a big whole thing. You know, they they got the win, right? So I, I don't I don't think he's back. I think what Washington needs to prepare for with Cam is about ten to fifteen like uh quarterback what do you call it, read options, and then some uh, quarterback sweeps to the left or right, something like that. That That's what I would be prepared for. I don't think he's back. But uh, just taking it back to Washington for a second, you know, I noticed something, Mike, like we had the Thursday night game, Miami beat the Ravens. Washington beats the Buccaneers. And while Dallas blowing out uh, Atlanta and New England kind of blowing out Cleveland – weren't really surprises. You kind of had those two, just the, the, the amount in which the, uh, uh, the victory was or whatever, the, how big the victory was. You also had San Francisco get a win, too, against a loaded Rams team. There were some uh, interesting wins this past week. Some interesting wins, sir. Right. I, I was hoping, like, because remember in week nine, the same stuff was happening where it was yep. a couple of upsets. And I was like, hey, Washington missed out on a week of upsets. Yep. And next thing you know, we doing it again. I'm like, oh, shoot. Let's I go. mean, <laughs> for sure had to be the biggest upset. I know Miami isn't doing that well this year. And uh, San Francisco definitely put it to the Rams. And, I, I, you know, I was 
telling everybody how great they are. I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. I think they still can. Um, could be like the bump in the road they need, but uh, talk about that another time. Uh, yeah, Washington playing as bad as they do, and then, you know, Super Bowl champ comes to town, and you not only win, but you kind of like – I don't think they were ever losing. So Yeah, they got out quick. It was impressive, and I don't really – I think Bama's aren't giving Rivera the credit that he deserves as far as the leaders, the way he's leading the team. So it's schematically and personnel-wise that he could be better. He could make better decisions in our opinions. Like, who are we? But anyway, um, needless to say, like Bama's been saying this week, the team's fighting for him still. Um, Like, they took out Goliath. He said it himself. Like, they took out Goliath. So once again, the expectations have been raised. And every time it <laughs> happens, <laughs> right, every time it happens, there's a letdown. So we're back in the cycle again. Expectations have been raised. Are you going to let us down or build on it? And, yeah, hopefully you don't win for nothing. And I don't know. Like, do you think they're going to get past eight wins this season or seven wins? They went seven last year. So do you think they're going to win more than seven? Um, the rest of the games in order, I believe, are Panthers, Seahawks, Raiders, and then the NFC East Gauntlet, Eagles, Cowboys, Eagles, Cowboys, Giants. So this is silver linings, Eddie. What's our record? Three and six? What versus what Eddie's seen. That That's uh, what Eddie's seen so far, rather. And uh, yeah, we're three and six. So based on what I've seen so far versus silver linings, I, it's really tough for me to say. And I, and you know I want to be optimistic, but no, I don't think we will. We have to win five out of the last eight to win more than seven. And that's possible, but I just, man, I, I do. I, I feel like in some ways that's a little bit of a tall order. I feel like what's going to happen is you'll start to see the benefits maybe in another year or two when Rivera potentially might not be here anymore. You know, it's just one of those things like the it, turning around a franchise is not always as easy as it looks. And, you know, for those occasional times where a team goes from last to making the playoffs that it's not always just about what happens with that team, you know, like there's luck involved with the other teams mm-hmm. around them too. And while I guess you could say the football teams had some of that with their division, um, as a whole, they really haven't. They haven't really haven't had that kind of luck. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting, man. Um, if they win Sunday, it'll make things that much more interesting. So, yeah, and we'll be right back talking about the Wizards who took a more fortunate loss to the Charlotte Hornets on Wednesday night. But um, there's a quick turnaround. They play the Heat in about hour and 50 minutes. So, yep, we're going to get to it, and we'll be right back. You dig? <laughs> Welcome back, y'all, to the Eddie and Mike podcast. And we're going to talk about the Washington Wizards, who are now 10-4. and 
in the season. Took a L last night to the Charlotte Hornets, and um, it sucked. They actually played pretty well early in the game. I loved, I really, really loved Daniel Gafford's effort in that first half and throughout the game overall, but definitely in that first half. Him and Matrez dominated the game. And that's where the story starts. And then him and Matrez dominated the game. Nobody else did in that first half. And that's why they were only up five, I believe, instead of possibly having a more comfortable lead. Um, The second story of the game, they only shot 19% from three-point, I believe, maybe 12%. they went four for 42, I think, or five for 42. I think it was five for 42. Eight. Eight for eight 42? For 42 from three-point. Okay. So they went eight for 42. That's like 14. 19%, like you said. 19%? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was talking to my man, Dan, and I'm like, he, he said the Hornets um, made more – I mean, only made two more three-pointers than Washington. I'm like, yeah, they only made two more, but they missed ten less. Because they took ten less. Right. So, like, if Washington either shoots ten less free throws or make four of the um, 32 that they miss, the game's different. But I say all that to say, like, I'm good with it all. I'm good with it all because I understand this team is still not only young in some areas, but they're still getting to know themselves. Um, Bill, it was his first game back since the death of his grandmother. Um, He played decent in the second half and not that well in the first. But, yeah, I I really think as the season progresses, um, the team will play better. But I'm just happy that they're able to learn from these ills, and hopefully they can get a nice bounce-back W against the Heat tonight. It, it was extremely frustrating from this standpoint that the Wizards had the lead, not very comfortable, and Charlotte's a young team, but, you know, the Wizards got stung by them, um, pun intended. So late in the second quarter and early in the third, the wizards kind of had an opportunity to start pulling away that would require more effort on their part. And I understand that guys like Dinwiddie, Trez Harold, even Beal are kind of like a, you know, let's bring it up and set the offense type. They're not, they're not, I'm not saying they can't play fast break style, but I've kind of noticed that they kind of like to, you know, let's let's bring it up and get that offense going. I don't have a problem with that, except that they would kind of walk the ball up. It'd be one, maybe two passes and a three. The Wizards have a very nice group of players and can score points in bunches. They showed that last year, even as the team was not playing that well. Um, the, the issue I have, again, like I said, is, is the three-point shooting. 42 three-pointers, just ridiculous, especially when you factor in even late in the third quarter and early in the fourth when the Wizards were still in it. They were pretty much still in this whole game. They only lost by 10, but they held uh, – what was it? It was 87-97, I think, right? 
I mean, it's only three points, but they held them to under 100. Charlotte's been scoring a lot of points. But then what happens? They're missing all these threes. Hornets get hot. Rozier starts starts making buckets. Ubre's making threes. And then those young legs started getting out on the break and running on them. Game got just enough out of hand. The Wizards couldn't keep up. But as I was starting to mention, late in the third, early in the fourth, Wizards are still in it. Every time up, they gave the ball to Montrez Harold, and sometimes he caught it in the high, high post and would take one, maybe two dribbles in the post, drop step, bucket. And it was almost a guarantee. It was a guarantee, just like death and taxes. Huh? And for some reason, we didn't want to go with the guarantee. We got a bunch of Steph Currys on our team all of a sudden. But I, I – I don't want to say I know. I don't want to jump the gun here, but I feel like I feel like in my heart of hearts, deep in my bones, that Wes Unsell Jr. is going to make this surprise. He's going to say, hey, look, that's not us. That's not Wizards basketball coming down here, jacking up threes. Not that we don't shoot threes, but just the way we did it, we didn't have any real offense. It just seemed like it was everybody playing pickup. It's just what I saw. Yeah, and I think that's one of those games where if it, if we were home, we probably win because of the home field or home court advantage. I'm sorry, but um, yeah, on the road you just gotta play better. Kuzma, he's starting to develop that reputation of either hit or miss. Like, sometimes, some games, he looked like one of the best players in the league. And other games, it's like, bro, what are you doing? And then even in the games, he'll have players where you're like, oh, man, that was nice. But then he'll have other players where you're like, bro, what the heck? <laughs> yeah. Um, and going back to Gaffer real quick, I was kind of on him the same way. Like, he'll have just these mental farts where he'll just do something dumb, man. Um, you know, it'll it'll be negative for uh, for the team, but man, last night that Bama was straight locked in. Like mm-hmm. he he had like sixteen and eight at halftime. Like he was he snapped in that first half, bro. And if he can start playing like that more consistently, when Thomas Bryant come back and you can throw three centers at you like that, that gets me excited. Like that. That gets me excited. And it's not just three centers, but it's three centers with three different types of playing style. You got um, Harold, that's kind of throwback, short, um, but he like very physical. Gafford is kind of that hybrid, athletic type. Um, poor, poor man's Dwight Howard, if you would say so. Um, and Thomas Bryan is like the stretch five now. So like, you. That would be a nice rotation for um, Wes Unsell Jr. to use. Uh, yeah, indeed. And then, you know, you factor in Rory. He's not a center, but definitely oh, a guy with, uh, with some wingspan. You got to think of those defensive lineups you could potentially go with. Right. The Rui, yeah. the, yeah. the lineup where you could throw Rui, Abia, and Kuzma on the court at the same time. Man, come on. I'm sorry to cut you off, but come on. No, you're good. Uh, we got to be careful, though, because Kuzma and Gafford, they, they kind of have that those uh, JaVale McGee-like moments sometimes. No, but boy. If we, if we play 
like we did to start the game against Miami, I think we'll be fine. But if if we don't finish teams, like like that's really what it was. We had the opportunity to finish them early, to really, you know, get a nice, comfortable lead. And with a veteran team, I would have then been fine. Obviously, we're going to be killing clock, right? It would have been a, a, a different uh, story. But wasn't the case. And, and the heat, oh, boy. No, you, you don't <laughs> – you let them hang around. It's the same thing. Jimmy Butler and uh, Hero and Robinson, all them white boys he's got, man, them, them fools will put you away. And now you got a veteran like Kyle Lowry mm-hmm. to help guide the team. Bam is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it, it's, it's going to be a problem. It's, it's wild how they set the schedule up because we play the Hornets Wednesday, the Heat Thursday. I think we're off tomorrow, and then we play the Hornets Saturday, then they yeah, eat Monday. And um, I, I like it because it's like a nice litmus test in the middle of the season where you're playing these bit. two hot teams in the home and away series. And um, sure. at best, you want to split it, go two for two. You're already 0-1, so hopefully you can get the Heat one out of one time, I mean, one out of two times and get the Hornets back at home on Saturday. I wonder if it has anything to do with travel, just trying to kind of like – I think that's exactly what it has something to do with. Trying to get in as many games as you can, but then like, you know, trying to maybe cut back on some, uh, you know, unneeded traveling. I don't know. If it's one oh. – pause for a second before we talk about the rest of the league. We know COVID sucks. The pandemic sure. sucks. Everything about – um, the uh, virus was trash. It's killed over how many people now? Are we in the millions now? I'm talking about worldwide. I know in the country we're floating around 800, 900,000, but worldwide I think it's killed millions. Million or more. So I'm not, I don't say this to say like, um, Okay, if you have to look at it, my man Tony called me the most silver line in this Bama. Yeah, um, I saw that. That he knew. So if you had to put a silver line on it, which I hate to do, I'm sorry to even ramble on about it. But anyway, it has caused us to think more strategically, to think more um, in depth with situations, to make things flow better, to be more efficient, just like the NBA schedule. Like I said, it's weird that we're playing the Hornets and Heat back to back like that, but it does build drama. It makes um, traveling more efficiency. Um, it'll make the teams better themselves. So, yeah. Um, and there's other types of thinking, like how people have learned how to telework from home more efficiently. Um, this podcast itself, <laughs> like, it um, became more easier to do after the um, pandemic. So, yeah, that's just me thinking and throwing that out there. Not Sorry. Uh, sounds like a good point. So, I don't know if you saw last night, but Ole Giannis and them, <laughs> they, they, they took the Lakers behind the tool shed now. <laughs> I saw that Giannis had like 28 and 16 in the first half or something like that. He was hitting jumpers and free throws regularly. Regularly. He, the way Anthony Davis played, like 
I almost think I might have been able to get a couple of buckets on him. And and I look, I always thought Anthony Davis was going to be like the pinnacle of like the new big man, like someone that could definitely Ooh. hurt you in the post, but could also you know take you off the dribble mid range three. I really yeah, thought twenty eight and sixteen. He couldn't have had 28 and 16, but he only ended with nine rebounds. So it must was like 28 and eight or something like that. I'm telling yeah, you, if you let them up, it looked like 47 points. If if you watched, he was just getting lit up. Um, so there's that. Uh, the Warriors seem to be rolling, man. And I, I know some people think once uh once that Wiseman kid gets healthy, that's gonna kind of unlock a, a another. <laughs> Part of their and Clay, and Clay too. <laughs> it's wild how. Um, okay, going back, it's you mentioned the Warriors, and it's good because this next thing kind of ties both the Wizards and Hornets into one topic. But um, sure, the Hornets beat the Warriors on Sunday, so I was kind of like looking at them like in a different light. Getting into Monday's Wednesday's game anyway, and I'm like, oh shoot, they took the Warriors out and Oakland too. Oh shoot! So I was concerned about that, but with the Warriors, they're kind of the same situation with the Wizards, where they got out to this great start, this hot start, and they're missing pieces. They can mm-hmm. get better. Both the Warriors and Wizards can get better now. Maybe the Warriors more than the Wizards because of who they are. But um, yeah, please don't sleep on the the um, the loss of Rui, um, Bertans, and Bryant. Like those are three quality pieces. Like you put any of those three pairs on any of the thirty teams, and the team gets better. And the Wizards are adding all three, so that's all I'm saying. I'm knee deep in the Kool Aid right now. <laughs> Nah, I'm uh, no, no doubt both teams will improve. Uh, the The part that I like is sort of the the commitment to versatility on the Warriors' part. Mm-hmm. Uh, big, big Wiggins fan, rock chalk. Jayhawks play tonight. Uh, you know, playing the Stony Brook or somebody they should whoop up on. Anywho, I say uh, lose. Oh man, don't you do that to us, Mike. Don't you <laughs> Don't you put that on me, Ricky Bobby. All right. Anyway, uh, yeah, Wiggins, athletic freak, committed to defense. So you put him and Draymond out there. Draymond, you know, being able to rebound, kind of be like a point forward. I know his three-pointer is not that great, but you got Steph Curry for that, right? And then once Clay comes back, once this Wiseman kid who's supposed to be great, right, once, once all that comes, I mean, man, that's – you talk about – so talk about – a team and they don't really do it, but running the pick and roll now with Wiseman and you could have Steph potentially be the guy with the ball in his hands or clay be the guy with the ball in his hands. And either one of them who doesn't have the ball in their hands is coming off a, a, a screen off the pick and roll, man. That's, that's we, 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 your boy, John Grimm. Oh, that's Brady Kruger, man. It gives me nightmares, man. You know what I mean? Like That's what that is, bro. They, about it. I remember when um, people used to talk about Steve Kerr and if he was a good coach or not because he won with the players he won with. I don't think people understand. The reason they won is because he made things simpler for these players. Like, look at all the times we bring these superstars together and how 
um, his classes because of not not enough shots are being taken by me or this, this, and that. No, Steve Kerr is great. He's built a great system. I don't think y'all understand. This man won championships with Jordan and Greg Popovich and Phil Jackson. He knows how to win. When Phoenix was winning those games back with Stoudemire and um, Steve Nash, who was the general manager? Kerr. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, the dude knows how to win basketball games. So stop sleeping on that man. Already a Hall of Famer for um, head coach, in my opinion. Oh, I, I don't disagree. I, I think he's definitely been doing a great job. Uh, it's certainly easier when you have the players he has, but that it, it and sometimes can equally be just as difficult to manage all those personalities, keep people happy, you know, meet expectations, et cetera. So definitely, uh, you know, give him his roses. I'll, I'll tell you what, I, I don't know how, because we put this as something we were going to talk about, and it just keeps popping in my mind. I know he's happy with the team he's got, but I wonder how Tom Thibodeau feels about the Chicago Bulls now. You know what I mean? Because I almost feel like that's a team that he, like, maybe in, in a way was trying to build there. And he had success, you know, with right. <laughs> Butler and Carlos Boozer. But you look now, that team can light it up, but they're, they're equally committed to defense with DeRozan and uh, Ball, even though Steph Curry kind of lit them up. Um, yeah, the, the, the team is a – a defensive team that wants to, you know, turn you over, get out on the fast break, let Levine and, and company just dunk all over you. And I, I know, again, New York is definitely they're, – they're popping. I like what they're doing with Barrett and with uh, – um, why can't I never forget this guy's Julius Randle. I, I love that guy's game, to be honest. <laughs> but, well, hey, different strokes for different folks. Nah, I Don't nobody um... – like, don't nobody say that they appreciate his game, but I'm pretty sure we all do. Because that man plays hard like we used to in the 90s. Well, he's just – he's got a little bit of everything. And, he, and and to see someone who can, like, kind of play finesse and include his teammates, but then equally be, like, tough and a little bit of a bruiser, it's kind of cool. And shoot the three, too. But, um, no, Thibodeau used to coach the Bulls. And, you know, he's a defensive guy. He get a lot got a lot of credit for uh, the Celtics defense as an assistant for Doc Rivers back in the day. I, I Just a thought, you know, him looking from New York at Chicago, like, oh, you know, that's, that's, that's what I kind of really wanted. But <laughs> yeah, he's, not, he's got, not half in New York. They got them wings, bro. Like, <laughs> the boys are nice. I can't wait to play them, too. And who don't love some wings? <laughs> Um, I, like, I kind of expected them to do this, and but the East is so deep now, it don't make no daggone sense. Like, anytime yeah. where you're the one seed and you still got to worry about the Hornets because they're the Hornets with, like, just they're big. They're young, but they're big, too, young. The Hornets are a surprisingly big team, and, um, yeah, they're going to be a headache in the East for a while, too, and probably have a more sustainable future than Washington does right now. Uh, same with Chicago. I think Chicago has a higher ceiling than Washington, simply based on the type of players that they have. But, you know, the one thing I like about the Wizards compared to a lot of the teams in the East? What's that? 
they're deep. Yep, the the Wizards are deep. The Wizards are like 11, 12 players deep. Like, they can they can throw all types of lineups at you. I already talked about um, the lineup with um, Rui, Afia, and uh, Kuzma. But what about if they need a scoring lineup? They can throw Harold, Bertans, Rui, Bill, and Dinwiddie at you. That's yeah. four shooters. Well, Three and a half shooters. Rui is iffy. That's three and a half shooters and like a beast rebounder that can post up pretty much anybody in the league right now. Um, you want a fast break team? You throw out Spencer, Bill, Kuz, Rui, and um, Afia for a small ball fast break lineup. Like they really have a plethora of lineups and I. You know, we keep talking about West Unsealed. A lot of people get tired of us talking about it. When I say us, I'm talking about Wizards fans in general. Y'all don't understand. We had to deal with Scott Brooks for five years. We got <laughs> none of this. You couldn't go one show without bringing that no, fool. I didn't say nothing about him in the last few episodes. But no, like, people are mad. I was listening. I was looking at the Quentin Mayo um, streams. He even still mentions Brooks because it sucked for five years not saying good basketball coaching or, like, even the basic of basketball coaching. So, like, now that we have not only a good talented roster but a coach that can seemingly take advantage of a roster like this, like, like I said, 50 wins is not a goal this season. I don't know if they'll make it, but that's the championship for me. Like, can they get the 50 wins? 50 or bust. Right. They got the 49 three years ago, I think. Well, they're off to their best start since, I think, uh, 75. So, it's going to be fun to watch. And, like you said, we got a little little litmus test here. Got the Heat. Then the Hornets. Got some some good matchups. So. Um. I don't, I don't think we need a break right here. We could go ahead and talk about the Caps. Um, they on the West Coast right now. I do know that. I think they just beat the Kings last night. If it wasn't the Kings, it was the Ducks. It was the Kings. They lost to the Ducks. We'll, I we'll bet. That. But they should be coming back. Uh, yeah, Saturday, I think we're at home. No? Oh, no, no, no. We're still on the West Coast. We play San Jose on Saturday. Mm. All right. All right, let me get to it. But um, yeah, man, I, you know, I don't follow it as close. I mean, as much as everybody else, but I'm hearing all these um, shows and articles and stuff. Everybody's just talking about Ovi and how climbing the ladder. Yeah, like how fourth all time, I think now. Like I said last episode, I just. I'm in constant amazement of this man. I'm 36 years old. Um, what, where is he right now in the stats? Like leading as far as scoring overall in the league, is he top five right now? Let me try to figure that out. I do know he has 26 points plus 12 right now. Like, dude is a beast. Like, I'm. I, I can't get the smile off my face, man. Cause I don't know if that's—I don't know, like around the league, what that is. But 
I, I like can't get the smile off my face because the Bama is just like I see the great hair in this um head, man. Like I don't know. Is this normal for hockey players to perform this well at this age? Uh you tell me. Yes and no. Yes and no. But uh all right, let's let's get into that segment. He's third. Yeah. He's third right now in NHL in points. Like, come uh, on, bro. He's point. There's a three way tie for second in most goals with twelve. Yeah, I was about to say in tie for second and goals like Guy, number one has seventeen, doing pretty well. So but, um what you feeling about him? All right, so yeah, big win on Sunday against rival Pittsburgh Penguins first game back for Sidney Crosby and kind of really I mean not kinda put the whooping to him six to one. And it was one of those games where we got out early, 2 nothing. They scored a goal, and then we scored four more and didn't look back. Mm. What's really crazy is a game like that, you figure 6-1, to one, how many goals did Ovi have? None. He had zero. He didn't have any. Uh, Favory, Hathaway, Sprong, Sherry, Kuznetsov, and old Tommy Wilson. So that's kind of – that's kind of really a head turner for me. I know Pittsburgh's not playing that well this year, but as a whole, they're still a solid team. They still got Malkin. They still got Latang. Still got some other guys in that team that are pretty solid. To get a win like that with Ovi, let me see. He had some assists for sure, and he was definitely involved in the game. But for him to not score and the Caps to win six one, huge. Uh, right now, twelve goals, tied for third, or excuse me, tie three way tie for second in the league lead behind uh, – uh, I don't know how to say this guy's name. Uh, it's uh, – Dressalti? Dressaltle? Dressalti? Leon Dressalti for the Edmonton Oilers with 17 goals. That's a pretty good start. But uh, back to the Caps. So, they're on the West Coast right now and got a nice win over the Kings last night with two Garnett Hathaway goals. Unfortunately, the night before against the mighty Anaheim Ducks, he went to overtime and they lost 3-2. I don't know what it is about this team in overtime. Now, in hockey, going to overtime, you do get a point for going to overtime. But you get two if you win. You know, you get the point for the win and you get the point for going to overtime. And I don't know what it is about us, but we, we do not have a lot of success in overtime. But we're doing pretty well right now. We got nine wins, and we're, you know, just continuing to climb the ladder. Ovi is, I think, fourth all-time goal scorer. Hey. And uh, let me see here. Yeah, we're number one in the Metropolitan League right now, uh, ahead of Carolina. Looks like we are about – what is that? We're only a point ahead of them, but still, we're in the lead. And anytime you get in a, a, a little run where – some of your your second and third string type of guys, because hockey's kind of like that. You you don't you have a starting lineup, but the the second, third, and fourth lines are as equally important. Right. Um. Anytime you get that kind of production out of your your, your you know your I don't want to say your sidekicks, but out of those guys, pro players. It, that's huge. That's huge because we're still missing uh, T.J. Oshie. We're still missing Backstrom. I mean, those are big time – those are guys that could really be helping us, you know? So, it's awesome. It's awesome right now. Number one 
And uh, whew, Pittsburgh is second to last. Hmm. Whoop, we'll mm-hmm. the Sunday, too. Um, yep. Next two games, still on the West Coast. Um, like you said earlier, they're facing the Sharks on a Saturday. And, um, yeah, 24 hours, well, 23 hours later, they'll be playing the Kraken. Um, I might have to watch that game just because it's a new team and it's at the new arena. Um, and, yeah, Seattle, they deserve to have another team besides the Mariners and Seahawks um, since they lost the Sonics. Um, how are the Kraken doing? It's a good question. But um, question. I was see. I was looking at the Sharks and looking at how they are because I don't want to look past them. Looks uh, like they're kind of a back and forth team. Win one, lose one. Win one, lose one. So that's so. tricky. A little um, scrappy. The Kraken right now, as it stands, the Kraken are in last place. They have four wins, eleven losses. Uh, let me see. How did they? Whoops. The uh, looks like they lost four to two their last game, and then four to two the game before that, and then good God seven to four on uh, Thursday last Thursday they won not today obviously <laughs> they lost four to seven to the Anaheim Ducks. Mm, Ducks right. whooping people. Uh, yeah, apparently, huh? Um. So yeah, that that's the gist of what's going on with the Caps right now. Um. Hopefully we can win another cup or at least get back to the playoffs and make another run at it. Um, like I got know my philosophy with championships. I'm not really too greedy because I understand that the probability and possibility of winning one is kind of a fluke more than anything else. Like um, going back to the NFL on last year, at this time last year, nobody expected the Bucks to win the Super Bowl. The Chiefs just had smacked them bounders in um, Tampa. Um, Tyreek Hill look unstoppable against them. So not only is for them to win the Super Bowl, but to beat the Chiefs of all teams. So, yeah, I understand championships are flukes, so don't get me wrong there. However, it's always nice when your team is in the run for it every year, and that's what the Caps have been for pretty much the last, what, 14 years, I want to say. Definitely probably the most stable team in D.C., for sure, like hands down. So I'll always love the Caps, even though I don't watch them like that. I mean, every year we're we're in contention for our division title. We've got arguably not just one of the greatest players in the league of of this like decade or generation, but like of almost of all time. We're 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 entering that that stratosphere. Can nobody say Ovechkin isn't top ten all time? I mean, he's 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 kind of really getting to where like he's top three, right? Like, like if somebody say Alexander, if somebody say Ovechkin isn't top ten all the time, like they know even less hockey than me, hmm. like straight up. But um, that's it for this episode, y'all. We are going to do the pickums right after, uh, so check that out. It'll be up on a Saturday morning, most likely, and um. Yeah, we're going to highlight y'all members next week. Talk about the Ron Rivera reunion down in the Bank of America Stadium. And um, go from there. Highlight y'all members on the flip side. The Ron Union. Ron Love Union. you guys. Have a great night. <laughs> That's going to be the title of the next episode, The Ron Union. <laughs>